Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Fields going deep down the middle of the field. Playing center field. Petrie the interception at the 41. Have a second interception of the day for the rookie Jalen Petrie. I got to be better. That's my fault. This is the NFL, man. It's going to feel like for about, you know, a quarter, a half a game, and then you're right in the game. It's going to come down on one short game for the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's how it goes. You got to move on, right? We're all good. Yeah. Right? I just last doesn't even matter. Last play, it's the last play, right? It's time to move on next. You'll be just yeah. fine. Right? Putting the ball right back in your hand, so I'm, I'm going to trust you, right? Hey, let's get seven, baby. Let's go. Inside this building, I can tell you for sure no one's lost trust in, in anyone. Uh, we're just going to keep chipping away and finding room, um, trying, to, trying to find ways to improve. It's the pregame show. That is the voice of Ryan Poles, and he was on with uh, our sister station, WBBM this morning and uh, expressing confidence in the quarterback. And uh, you heard there uh, Justin Fields mic'd up during that Houston game. And, boy, he was down, and he threw a bad pick, and he was saying it's my fault. And Luke Getze is, hey, we're going right back to you. We're giving you the ball. We're staying with you. Now, there's a big difference between putting a guy back out on the field and actually letting him throw the ball and trusting him to do so. And uh, – and, we all know, we all heard him in the post game last week saying he played like trash and everybody is evaluating the quarterback at all times. And I'm just curious, when you look at the numbers, what constitutes a breakthrough to you guys? What What is it that would make you believe that the quarterbacks arrived? I To me, it's just, you know, when I put on that all 22 or even just watch the game live and hopefully today that – he lets it rip. Everybody says, you know, let it rip. When the guy's open, throw it. Don't get spooked by the, the, you know, the pocket collapsing a little bit. But there's schemed calls and calls where guys are wide open and he's not making that throw. So to me, it's going to be when I'm watching this game, is he hitting the open man? Are his eyes going to the right spot? I'll, I got a funny story. So I'm watching the All-22 and I pulled my wife over. And I said, listen, where is Justin looking? She goes, right there at number 85. I go, yes, you know that. He knows that. He's just not throwing the ball. I mean, it's that obvious. So that, to me, would constitute progress if you start seeing him make the throws 
that need to be made, the ones that are schemed, the ones that are drawn up on the grease board you work on all week. It's going to be open. He's going to be there if they're in this coverage. Throw it to him. That's what I want to see. And I think that last week was the first time. When I we went on a, a Bears post game live, I was on there with Luke Canellis, Jim Miller. I said it was the first time I've seen Justin Fields look not even confused, just just look kind of shell-shocked, you know, yeah. like put, playing with – with hesitation that didn't just come from what I described as kind of his methodical nature of going through his reads and the mechanics being a little methodical sometimes. He's trying to to quicken those things up, but he looked out of sorts. You know, he looked, you know, like his confidence had been shaken. That that's not a Justin Fields I'd ever seen at, at either the collegiate level and covering all his, his time at Ohio State or now here and covering his time with the Bears. I, I don't anticipate that lasting. But that being said, the, the audio that this does just play for us there with him on the sideline with Luke Getze, in addition to just scheming things up, that's a part of that relationship and that trust that needs to be there that will continue to develop between the offensive play caller and the quarterback and, and continuing to instill the confidence in Justin Fields that that his mistakes, while from the outside world, and Justin Fields has said he's out there, he gets his notifications on Twitter, he feels and hears and sees and reads the way that fans are reacting to every little thing that he does, that being said, he's got to be able to compartmentalize that. And within a game, a game that that the Bears aren't necessarily like, you know, they're not calling the game like they think he and the passing attack can lead the way for them because it can't yet. But he can't necessarily let that erode his confidence and he can't let individual mistakes erode his confidence. And, and that's one one space that he's always been really good at up until what we saw last week. That's the first time, in my opinion, I've seen, I've seen it look like Justin Fields' confidence had been shaken, had eroded within a game. But it's not shocking. It, it's not surprising because that happens to young quarterbacks in this sport. And it feels to me, guys, like, like we're not I, – I don't hear, I guess, a, a level of patience in watching the development arc of Justin Fields. It feels like that patience from the city – is already being sapped. And my only, I almost texted you about this the other day, Mother. I was driving around listening to you and David take some callers. And it, it feels to me like it's got to be just like Trubisky shrapnel that, yeah. that just lingers <laughs> yeah. from that, yeah. where the city feels like we're on like year six mm-hmm. of, of a first round quarterback that hasn't developed yet. When for Justin Fields, we're just early in year two of Justin Fields' development arc, but it feels like the city of Chicago feels like this is year six of waiting on the Bears' young quarterback to develop, and it just it seems like the patience is already sapping in Chicago, wanting this finished product at quarterback that isn't necessarily a realistic expectation yet. It, you know, if you just follow the storyline of his season, it's fascinating because obviously – you know, we knew all the offseason work. He and Mooney were together. They, he was meeting with guys. He was doing a ton of work. It was the new scheme and all this stuff. Then you get to that Green Bay game, and he's asked about the rivalry, and he says something along the lines of, well, you know, it hurts the guys in the locker room or are working so hard. The fans aren't working on that. Whatever he said, he gets a ton of, of kind of uh, a, a ton of abuse over that. He ends up sitting down and talking to the media on uh, not last Wednesday, the Wednesday before, and we see a different side of him, the, the charismatic personality and all of the, the you know, positive, he's going to show more of himself. And, the and, 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 you know, you thought, wow, that, that could be a really good moment for the guy. Then comes the game, 
Then comes the lack of production. And, and clearly, when you're not giving the guy the ball, I, I mean, I think it's fascinating. I think the Bear fans booed the Bears off the field at halftime against Houston because they wanted them to make a play, to call the timeouts, to do that. We got a big explanation from Eberflus. If they do call the timeouts, who knows if they win the game, right? They, they, they won the game the way they won the game. Yep. And no one's clearly pleased with that because you want them to win the game with a lot more, uh, you know, more style than substance maybe. I don't know how you'd term it. Then he comes out on Wednesday. Then he talks about playing like trash. He comes out on Wednesday, and he was very reticent. He, he just he, – he looked like a guy who's taken too much of a beating just psychologically. And then I'm, I'm watching him on that thing that we just played – and he he was so down in that moment that the coach is like, hey, we're going back to you. You, you know you got to let that go. He's almost reinforcing it by kind of also hoping that the guy's listening to him in a way. You know what I'm saying? It was just – it was the first time where I, I – I love watching this kid play, and I watched him in college, and I really was expecting different things from him this year. I understand what quarterback development is. I understand we haven't seen it in Chicago, and people get confused by that. So you can't draw conclusions. You have to let this unfold. But he's taking an, he's taking a lot of abuse, and I you worry are. about that and how it will affect him. And I, I don't even know what a breakthrough looks like today. I, I mean, if they go 3-1, and one, is anyone going to be happy unless the kid throws for 300 yards, which they don't have to do in order to go 3-1 and one with this team? Doesn't well, feel like it. Doesn't no, feel like people are going to be satisfied. Yeah, doesn't. <laughs> no, and to me, I think what I would like to see is, uh, who is it, uh, Spiegel and Parkins have Trent Dilferon, who was a, a game manager. Just yes. become a game manager right now with this offense, with the running game you have. Just give me that. You know, give me 242 yards, maybe one touchdown or whatever. Just get me, you know, that you're managing the game well enough, and then you can become the great player. And the one thing I want to talk about, too, is after listening to that, and what the coaches, how they're coaching him during a game. I love it. I, I love that you're staying positive with him. I think he needs that at this age. But I think as a coach, and this is one thing that makes better coaches, you figure out what makes this young man tick. It might be he gets coached hard during the week, and then you come out on Sunday and you're all positive. It might be you're all positive all week. It just You have to find out what makes him tick and what's the best way to coach this young man. But on Sundays, I'm a believer in, you put all that hard work in from Monday to, you know, before the kickoff on Sunday. That's the time the coaches, you know, you coach during the week. You go out there and you play hard on Sunday and you stay behind them the entire game. And I like to hear that. Uh, Molly, from, a, from an improvement perspective, it's within the walls at Hallis Hall. It's, it's going to be more incremental in them watching and charting every moment and every decision Justin Fields made during the preseason and that he's making during the regular season game so far. That's where the the improvement or lack thereof that they're seeing would be a part of the evaluation of whether or not they're wanting to stick with him for the long term. It won't be nearly as obvious to us until he starts throwing for 250 and 300 and having no interception. But even a moment, I, I talked about it on, on the post-post show here on the station last Sunday after the game ended. Even that first interception, like the, the second interception, was awful. It was just a, a throw it up and hope yep. decision that he made, mm -hmm. throwing it into traffic to Darnell Mooney. The first pick where they rolled coverage and he knew precisely where he wanted to go with the football, that to me was an indication of Justin Fields reading things accurately and quickly and then decisively 
getting the football out of his hands in a way that he hasn't frequently done as an amateur or as a pro quarterback. But what he did was he's not at the point yet where as he processes that information quickly in his head, not as methodically as he normally does, but he processed it really quickly. Now he's got to get to the point where he's not necessarily as he quickens and rushes his mechanics, where his mechanics aren't as flawed as they were on that pass. Because up to this point, when Justin Fields knows where to go with the ball, he's usually been a really accurate quarterback. The issue has been when he gets a, a little bit hesitant or indecisive or he feels like he's throwing late. But in that moment, he read it. He got it out of his hands right on time. And then the ball sails on him because it doesn't come out of his hands. The release point is off and he throws it and it flutters and it goes further towards the middle of the field as opposed to putting it on the tight end Cole Komet's body. But that to me, even just incrementally, it's an interception that is an example of actual growth from Justin Fields, though. That interception he threw in the game because we did see more of a rapid processing of the information and quickening his mechanics, but he's just not accustomed to that yet. The, the rapid nature of the mental aspect of it and him knowing, like, all right, I got it. I see what's happening. And now this is an opportunity for a chunk play where I've read this and I'm confident I know what I'm looking at, but now I got to quicken my body up. I got to get my lower body in a position to deliver it. I got to get this thing out of my hands quickly before the defense converges on it. And all those things happening, his body, it's not muscle memory for him yet. So the ball floats on him. It flutters. It drifts towards the middle. And it's an easy interception for the defense. So for us, we see, damn, that's that's an ugly-looking interception when Cole Komet was open. The Bears looking at that. On film, I would imagine Luke Gessie's in the meeting room with Justin Fields saying, you know what, man, you you got it right. Just put the ball on him. It's, it's all that comes down to. But a Justin Fields of last year, a Justin Fields of last month may not have necessarily even seen that as quickly, let alone gotten the ball out of his hands in the timing that it would have taken. Now he's got to process that as quickly as he did and allow his body to, in a muscle memory perspective, put it on the tight end. So even that, that first interception from the game, through my lens, that was improvement from Justin Fields. When we talk about um, his progress, uh, part of it, there was a screen pass to Darnell Mooney that Mooney, I I mean, he, he just dropped it. And we know that Darnell Mooney came out after the game, set up the jugs machine, and started practicing uh, catching the football. He's super frustrated, too. I, I guess the question is, and, and you know, I, I, Tom Thayer said something I thought was really interesting. It, when he, he said that, um, that Equin, Equiminius St. Brown ought to be the number one receiver or the guy that is featured Ooh. in that role, and that because he's obviously got a much larger catch radius because he's a six foot five guy than Darnell Mooney. And Darnell Mooney, there was a pass across the middle of the field. He went up. And he dropped the ball. I mean, it was uh, it was overthrown, but he did get his hands on it, and that is a play that number one receivers in the NFL make quite often. What do you think about the idea of of trying to get him a bigger receiver? Type? Now, it didn't work last year with with uh, Allen Robinson, but he was injured and in and out. I, I just wonder how drastic changes have to come and why things aren't working between – Fields and Mooney after all the work they put in. Yeah, I, I don't know why either, because in the preseason, you saw Mooney go up and get it a couple times. Yeah. So yep. I think he has the ability to do it. And maybe maybe it's just that I don't know 
receivers play, you know, as, a, as, a, as, as well as anybody or what their mindset is while they're going through a game. But I guess it's like anything else, though, that you get into a flow. You catch, you know, you catch one ball, you catch two balls, you catch three balls. You're getting a flow throughout the game. He's not getting anything thrown to him. I mean, Justin Fields isn't throwing the ball, but he's not getting into the flow of the game. That could be part of it as well. I understand what Tom's saying about the big catch radius and all that, but you are hoping Darnell Moody turns into a number one receiver in this league. So to me, you play him as that to see if he is that. And then you're going to evaluate, you know, as the season goes along, do you need to bring in another receiver or can he take that step to be the number one receiver? So I understand what he's saying right now to do that, but I, I would not do that because I'm still evaluating other players on this team as well as Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney is definitely one of those guys. Developmental. I love the fact that we've heard the word development or some other form of developmental from Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles more than we did in the entire time the previous regime was running the Bears. A part of that development is, like Patrick's talking about, recognizing and, and getting proof positive whether or not Darnell Mooney can become a number one receiver. Can he be a number one receiver on a quality passing attack? Through three games, it, it, it feels a little quick to me to say that we're going to make Equinemius St. Brown the number one target. That being said, it doesn't mean that you can't make EQ just a bigger part of the offense, that's already developing anyway. But I think to, to Tom's point that it sounds like he was making there, you know, we've seen a couple of examples here of Justin as he's, you know, if, if the ball floats on him a little bit, or even like the, you know, the, the pass he tried to throw to Cole Komet where he like changed, you know, he was beginning to roll and he like changes his arm slot. And, you know, just, you know, Cole Komet, I've talked about it almost on a weekly basis for two years now, where he's just got to find a way to come up with grabs. And it was nice to see him make a couple of open catches in the game. But you need a guy who's, who's in kismet with the quarterback, who knows when it's time to kind of sit down in a window, who if the quarterback puts it anywhere near his frame on a contested grab can be confident in making that catch and extending his hands away from his body to do it. So all around, man, you, just, you need playmakers to step forward for a young quarterback as well. you got to have Justin Fields improve and develop, but – in testing the development of this offense, there's patience that goes with that as well. And the patience for Darnell Mooney will be, how do we get him more involved in this offense? And even if there's going to be games where he's only got five targets instead of 10 targets, how many of those can he come down with while we continue to kind of grow this passing attack? And, you know, Equinemius St. Brown isn't a guy who's shown himself to, to be capable of being a number one receiver yet either, yeah. but expanding his role in the offense, we, we are seeing sure. that. I think he's earned that, you know, Going ahead all, all the way to making him number one, it feels like a little early for that to me. All right. We've got to, uh, we've got to get to a break here. Uh, you're listening to the, uh, the pregame show. Guys, I want to I wanna ask you about the Tua situation. Tua Tongove-Loa uh, obviously knocked out of the game and, and the concussion protocol questioned and, and everything that happened from a guy that was hurt on a Sunday and then played on a, uh, on a, a Thursday night. Uh, Pat, you were on the field when Jay Cutler a- mm-hmm. at this stadium was yes. uh, was hit. I, what was it? Nine times sacked in the first nine half. And yeah. It's first just half, an yeah. extraordinary thing, and he suffered a, a concussion there as well. Uh, Want to talk to you guys about that? We'll do that when we get back. 
It is, of course, the pregame show here on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling a little... Or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i mean we, again we they, they train us to run through walls and destroy our bodies and then they're not there to help us once it's done and, and people have to be honest about that so um i mean this what they did to tour is like knowing somebody is, is drunk and the guy said, but I want to drive home. And you go, well, you, you told me you did, so that's fine. I gave you the keys and you go kill you. You know, you would die in a car crash. And, you know, I mean, that's basically what they did. We're just lucky the tour didn't die. But, you know, since that happened, I, you know, had some re uh, reporter reach out to me to share a story about a kid who even took two weeks off. A high school football player, I think, I think in Illinois, took two weeks off and came back and had a, what looks like second impact syndrome. Like, it happens. It really happens. People do die. The kid's still in a coma. 
It's the pregame show here on The Score, and that is the voice of Chris Nowinski. He is the co-founder, CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, which is a nonprofit uh, leading the fight against concussions and CTE, and it's dedicated to improving the lives of those who have been impacted. And, gentlemen, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a couple of really strange things going on here with the Tua situation. I mean, here's a guy that – was knocked out of a game on a Sunday, and uh, and he came back. He was wobbly, and he came back and played. And then they start him again on a Thursday night, and he never went into concussion protocol. They never they claimed that it was a back injury, and then he gets hit on Thursday night, and and he has the whole um, uh, the the, uh, the the fencing reflex, and and uh, it's horrible. And the broadcast, the radio broadcast, I think it's Tony Baselli. Is like, oh, I think he broke his finger because he's he's had a seizure. It, it's just a, a horrific looking uh, injury, um, and it, then he comes out of the game. Now, it, it, since then, the unaffiliated uh, neurotrauma consultant that was used has been fired, and um, it, it's pretty extraordinary when you think of the fact that you know they can say whatever they want and we got a bunch of phone calls on it. it's a really hot topic and 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 some guy said well i i collapsed at the jewel i had a back injury and i went down at the jewel and it happens people collapse for other reasons but but i don't think he collapsed on a sunday and played in an nfl game on thursday right <laughs> so that's that's part of this issue it's hard to figure out how this can go on, and, and, you know, you worry for the health of football. If, if you have concussion protocol, if you have these safety guidelines, and, and I'll, the last thing I'll say is if, if Miami didn't think that there was a problem with Tua, then why did the hell did they, did they activate the third quarterback? Their third quarterback, uh, Sky Thompson, was active for that game. Who keeps three quarterbacks anymore? I, I, just to me, when I when I saw the the initial one two weeks ago, the Sunday ago, when his linemen and teammates are holding him up, oh. and we've all had concussions, right? And you go to help yeah. your teammate. They're not the way they were holding him was not because of his back. It was because they looked him in the eye and they knew he was concussed. At least that's what I saw from from when I looked at the TV. And I, I just don't understand how the NFL allowed that to, to to happen for him to come back into a game after you watch the video. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm floored with all of that. I'm floored with the way the NFLPA is dealing with all this and why they're not protecting us more. Um, and I mean, us as players, I, I just, I, it's a very difficult situation to talk about, but I don't know if you guys listened to Olin's podcast this week. Um, he's friends with Tua and the family, and he knows the family really well. He knows what type of player he is that he's, he's like, he's going to go back out there and play. He's kind of the same lineage as Olin. Like he's going to try to tough it out and be out there for his teammates and when you hear that and you know that about a player, that's when a team has to step in. That's when a doctor has to step in. Somebody has to step in and say, nope, I'm taking you away from danger. This is our job. I understand and I appreciate you, your willingness to go back out there and help your team win and play with your teammates. But in this situation, there is no way in hell you're going back out there. This is your safety. This is for you. And that's just, um, it needed to be done and it's very confusing what's going on. Hopefully we can get to the bottom of this and get a better protocol that this never happens to a young man on the football field again. There's so many aspects of how it's how it's baked into the culture and how that ends up with with Tua Tonga Vailoa 
playing a game five days after after appearing to experience some sort of a, a concussive result in in the initial game. And, you know, like like Olin's talking about, he knows the family really well. I've been around the family over the years. He, you know, Tua played in this high school All-America game that I call every year in San Antonio. So I got to meet him and his parents and family back then. And his brother Talia plays in Maryland right now. So I've been around Talia and watching his career develop over the years. So it is, it, it is a, they, they are as tough and rugged and workmanlike a group of people that talk about lower family as you could hope to be around. And they, they do so many things through, through passion and through their faith and, and just pouring themselves into wanting to be excellent. And Tua has this opportunity this season, several years into in his NFL career, where now he feels like he, he has been ready for this stage and the Dolphins have finally surrounded him with talent and, and spent resources to say, Tua, here's your new offensive coach. Here's the playmakers you got available on offense. Let's go win some games. And he's tough as nails already, but then now he's seeing this opportunity to take his career to another stratosphere, and it's going well up to that moment. And to the point Patrick's talking about where we, we should be beyond. We, we thought mm-hmm. perhaps we were beyond the point where from a, from a player's perspective where – where it's expected that the players that we have to save ourselves from ourselves. Is there a responsibility on Tua Tagovailoa in this scenario? I 100% think that there is, while at the same time, viewing it through realistic glasses here, the athlete, the competitor, not just in football but in a variety of sports, will more often than not attempt to push themselves back into action just because of the competitive juices that flow there that being said, that doesn't mean that's the proper decision. That's why these adjustments have been made over the years to have what should be, what's thought of as being independent arbiters evaluating these things. And so to hear reports that it wasn't head trauma that he left the game with, that it was some kind of a back problem and how you know, it, it would be laughable if it wasn't worthy of tears to, to hear yeah. that that's what they're reporting, that it was a back issue and not head trauma, and yeah. then to see what happens on Thursday night there, there's a level of, of, of courage that's associated with that, but you need to save the player. This system needs to, yes. to protect the athlete from reckless decisions that put themselves long-term in jeopardy. And there, there was a thought that maybe we were getting to a point where, mm-hmm. where at least a system was in place that could protect us from those moments. And, you know, there have been a lot that have been protected from that. But this was a really prominent example of a, of a popular player in a team that was doing some really nice things where obviously the, the Dolphins failed, the NFL failed, Tua failed, the independent arbiters. There was a failure at so many levels to protect Tua from himself. True. And one thing you mentioned, you said the word culture. And, Anthony, you and I played through it. The culture about concussions tar- started to, to, to shift into the proper way it should be talked about. You know, when guys would get dinged, when I first started, I was like, oh, he's not that bad. He can get back out there. Now if a guy gets dinged, you're, you're, you're like, no, he doesn't need to be out there. You're right. not judging him at all. You, say, you take the time. Whenever you're ready to come back, whatever the doctor clears you, you come back. But earlier in my career, I was like, oh, he, he's only going to miss, you know, maybe he'll miss the second half. He'll be back next mm-hmm. week. Should be a practice on Wednesday. Snap this ammonia pack real now? quick. Rub it yeah. under your nose. Yeah. Like, let's roll. So we saw the culture change while I played, and I thought it was great. And I was happy to, to see that and needed to be done because I've got former teammates I've played with now that aren't, aren't as healthy as they should be from, from head trauma. Um, but this may be, and unfortunately it had to happen this way, gets the NFL to take the next step. 
to maybe even help a little bit more. I don't know what it's going to be, but they can come, hopefully come together with something. But that next step needs to happen because the culture has changed. The player in the locker room doesn't judge a concussion the way, the way they used to 20, 30 years ago. And I think that's great that that's happened and that guys have allowed that to happen within the, within the, you know, the players in that locker room, and that's the way it should be. I, I you know, obviously have been around the NFL a long time, and I know players just talking to them that live in fear of, mm-hmm. of how this will affect them moving forward in their lives, that there is this sort of idea that, you know, you just you gut it out, you do it, and then so often if something like this happens, they'll get a phone call from family members. How are you doing? How do you feel? It just feels like um, there is a scare thing going on that never existed before because the awareness of it never existed before. And, and uh, so many tragic kind of uh, ends to so many players lives let alone careers and, and I still think they're learning well I'll just give you an example I, I got concussed against the Philadelphia Eagles hit my head on that hard turf of that old stadium and I came to the sideline and I just wasn't with it and the question they asked they said where are you and I look up and I see Philadelphia on the, on the, on the scoreboard so I say Philadelphia and they're like oh you're good you can go back in now obviously they, they're, they're still learning how to deal with this but there's still a lot more progress that needs to be done but I'm glad that it's changed and um, you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough injury to judge, I guess, because you don't you don't see a broken bone, you don't see a an MRI sprained elbow or anything like that. So it's a tough thing to learn or to judge. And I think we're still learning, and hopefully this helps us learn more and and we can correct some of our mistakes we've had with concussions in the NFL. Or just and obviously, you know, none of us are, are neurologists per se, right. but I mean, you know, not every player, even when you see a guy get wobbly, not every player because yeah. there, there's a baseline test that everyone takes at the start of every season, then and they get asked a, a series of questions just to see like where you're at cognitively. What mm-hmm. what types of responses are you able to come up with at a moment's notice? And then if you do suffer what appears to potentially be head trauma, then how do you answer that same series of questions? Are you as quick? Are you as sharp? Or if you weren't quick and sharp the first time, are you even less quick and sharp with some of right. these answers the next time around? How's your recall on some of these things? And so they get your baseline at the start of the season, and then when you do suffer potential head trauma, they go back to a similar series of questions in addition to looking for some of these other symptoms that are prominent when you suffer some type of head trauma it's possible it is completely possible like Tua might not have been in the blue tent like drooling on himself he may not have been you know have some some sort of what what would be an apparent concussive reaction when they evaluate him either later in the game or after the game that being said caution is what's still necessary in these moments as well, where it's not even a full week removed. And then you know, part of the investigation needs to be, why does some report come out that they're thinking it's a back issue as opposed to head trauma? That's where, to me, because the independent you know, arbitrator, the independent uh, you know, uh, evaluator who's a part of this, who got fired by the NFLPA, they're 100% culpable. What, to me, concerns me is the Dolphins putting information out that it's the back they were concerned about and not the head. That's Mm -hmm. where, to me, it's apparent that the team has some involvement in pushing a false narrative that Tua was completely fine. Maybe they could uh, suspend the owner. Oh, no, wait, he's already been suspended. (laughs) All right, Uh, we've got to get to our guy, Dan Pompey. Uh, Pat, I, I mentioned the Jay Cutler thing. Is that the worst you've ever seen a guy taking abuse like that? He oh, by far, oh, by far. Yeah. And it was, you know, he was concussed, but it was Mike Martz wanted to get him out sooner, I believe. He's like, we got to get him out because we we got to play the rest of the season with this guy. But that was awful. I mean, yeah. just absolutely brutal. 
All right, Dan Pompey joins us next. We'll also make our picks. It's the pregame show here on The Score. Gives the offense the ball back, you know, um, gives us some more energy, some more juice, some more swagger. So it, it always goes both ways, you know. Um, it's a momentum changer, and especially when we're at home and the crowd's going crazy too. So it's always great. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online online sportsbook app today yes indeed it's the pregame show i believe that was jaquan brisker talking about uh takeaways and that is the one area where the coach wants to see more things happening out of the hits principle matt eberflus wants those takeaways and it will be important today it is uh always a joy to welcome in our guy dan pompey he, of course, uh, his name is written in the Hall of Fame, and he joins us on the SCORE Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, good morning. How are you? Wonderful, guys. Good to be with you today. Uh, should be uh, an exciting game. We're going to find out a little bit more about the Bears today, I think. Uh, the takeaways, I, I mean, just the way they play, if they win the battle of takeaways, they got a really good chance of winning the game. You know, what's interesting is, uh, you know, we think about this battle of takeaways as something that you can control defensively, which you can to a degree, but they really haven't been hurt too much yet by turning the ball over offensively. And uh, you wonder if that day is coming, especially with the way uh, Justin Fields has been uh, a little careless with the football, uh, both in terms of throwing the ball and handling the ball. Uh, you know, they've had a number of fumbles that they've recovered themselves. Um, you know, their intercept, interceptions haven't seemed to kill them in most cases. They've been able to overcome them. Um, you know, but if you keep playing with that fire, uh, pretty soon you're going to get uh, a big burn on your, on your hand and on the rest of your body. So, um, you know, that part of it to me is going to be very interesting to watch as we move forward today and in the future. Yeah, I think that- the defense has been opportunistic to, you know, when they, they've helped out the offense in that situation. And one player that's been doing that with two interceptions already is Eddie Jackson, but I'd love to hear your take on his play so far this year um, and just kind of give your evaluation of him. Yeah, I think, uh, Patrick, to me, he's been playing as well as he's ever played in his life, and it's it's not just uh, his what he's doing on the ball. It's it's beyond that, too. I think, you know, he, he seems to be taking good angles. He seems to be tackling well. He seems to be focused. Uh, he seems to be, um, you know, playing really good football. I mean, he's not the kind of tackler that Jamal Adams is or somebody like that. You know, he's never going to be that guy. But um, if he's where he's supposed to be and he's getting the guy on the ground for the most part, uh, he's making the opponent worry about him stripping the football. I think we've seen that. You know, he, he's doing a really good job, and, and I think he's been really a, a key player in that defense so far. Dan, one thing that uh, that – it feels like it's occurred to me throughout the week here. I was talking to, to Mully and Patrick about it a, a few minutes ago. It feels to me like our patience with the quarterback position, with looking at a first-round QB develop, is, is a little more frayed, you know, a, a little shorter with, with fields here early on than, than it was perhaps a few years ago. And I feel like, you know, Bears fans and, and Bears evaluators are carrying 
that that Trubisky shrapnel, you know, the 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 post Trubisky stress disorder. That I termed it on Twitter a few <laughs> minutes ago. I feel like carrying that into looking at Justin Fields still early in his career. Do do you feel like you know the the, the patience in in the evaluation of Fields is is any shorter by comparison? And and in, if so, do you think the Trubisky hangover would be a factor in that? Well. Uh... I don't know if it's Trubisky hangover, but after 75 years of looking for a quarterback, and that's kind of, you know, I, think, I think Bears fans are understandably a little uh, frayed with their nerves. Uh, no, that no, that is a good point, though, Anthony, and, and I really do. I do believe that uh, there, there probably is less patience and more, um, you know, skepticism about whatever quarterback lines up if he's not having quick success. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a factor, you know, and when a, when a city turns on a quarterback, you know, the, the team usually is best advised to turn the page, even if they don't believe that quarterback is completely done developing or, or they believe that the quarterback can turn around, you know, because uh, that, that's a big deal. You know, you need to have uh, the support, I think, of, of the city, you know, it, it helps to have good media helps to have a good vibe around the player and it, it's it's difficult to do that when everybody is against the the quarterback yeah sid luckman syndrome i, I like it dan that's uh, that's really interesting uh, so listen so so we are now three games into the uh, roquan smith uh you know bet on yourself year and I'd say he's winning after last week. It was We had a conversation on the pregame show about the idea that there is a business decision that he has to weigh. He played. He played great 16 tackles, two for loss, that game-changing interception. It's those wild plays that will get him in the Pro Bowl and that will get him uh, the money he's looking for. Where are you at with Roquan and what he achieved last week and where he is right now? Yeah, again, I think um, he right now he's playing as, as Eddie is, like one of the best players in the league at his position. And um, what's interesting is, you know, he's in a, a little bit of a different scheme and he, he's playing a little bit of a different position. And we saw uh, Darius Leonard, now Shaquille Leonard, play the same position and make a lot of big plays. So maybe more of those big plays are coming. You know, maybe Roquan's motivated like never before. Maybe he's at a point in his career where, you know, things are moving more slowly for him. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of in a sweet spot in terms of where uh, your athletic ability and, and your age and your, you know, understanding of the game all really come together. So I really think that he could continue to make a lot of big plays this season and uh, put himself in a very good position in terms of uh, the off season with negotiating for a new contract. I got to get off the Giants a little bit. We talked about it. Maybe you can do it shortly here, but I always love your perspective on NFL issues. And we talked about Tua and the concussion issue. What's your thoughts on how that was handled and what's going on? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm a little. There's been a lot of like really quick judgments with this thing, and I'm really not sure what to think yet because obviously the. The people who were involved with all the, of the decisions with Tua uh, had more knowledge of his condition than we did. It doesn't mean they made the right choices or it doesn't. I, I guess the other thing is this, you know, just because 
you're following the rules the way they're supposed to be followed and you're checking all the boxes doesn't mean you're doing the right thing right um, and I think uh, it, it definitely is a healthy situation to revisit the rules and to ask yourself you know is this is this right do we need to make things different more stringent and then it also it also is is important to say you know what's what's in the best interest of a human being above and beyond the rules and uh, is 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 he being served the best way you know I think that's that's so important in any company right it, beyond football you think about any any company in the world you know you have to part of fostering people talk about good culture well there's nothing more important to good culture than taking care of your employees right and making sure that uh, they 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 walk away with a positive experience and that you know they they come back happy you know um, you don't want to alienate people and you know on, on all sides you're, you you know the, the paying customers your players everyone and I think uh, it, it's a big important issue for the NFL and um, it, you know I think it's something they're learning more about all the time and they have to keep trying to improve at it. Dan thanks a ton. Who'd you pick? I got the Giants in a close one, guys. I I got them winning uh, 2019. I don't know if the Bears are going to miss uh, their kicker today. You know, that, that's going to be a, a factor, I think. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate it. Let's, right, uh, let's go around the horn, guys. Uh, Patrick, who did you take? I've got the Bears winning this one 13-10. to 10. I just don't see a lot of points scored. <laughs> Maybe the new kicker hit the game winner to beat the oh. New York Giants in MetLife Stadium. Anthony? Give me the Bears as well. I'll take them 17-14. to 14. I think they make oh. it happen on the road. <laughs> These scores are hilarious. All right. That, that is, I think that's what I we're going to see. I guess we're not having the breakthrough game we were hoping for from the nope. passer. <laughs> All right. Make sure you get back after the game. Anthony will be here with the post post. It is, uh, it is the pregame show. Here's hoping. Go Bears. It is Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 in the score. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.